Alright, let's go! All right, all right, all right. All right, Dad. Well, we'll talk about the big news. Everybody thought Shohei Atoni, the Japanese I'm glad you Babe said Ruth, that. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, was coming to Toronto. We were all excited. We were tracking all Damn, the private. Come on. Yeah. I mean, they, they were just using Toronto as a uh, <laughs> to boost up what he was going to get at the end. Yeah. So he signed with the Dodgers, Cindy. Ten years, seven hundred million dollars. Seven hundred million. Seven hundred million for ten years. <laughs> That's a lot. So of I wonder how they would structure that contract. I don't like, know. Like, is it ten years, but you know, deferred over twenty or thirty? He better have a good tax lawyer, boy. For yeah, that. They, especially in California, right? Oh, they, they baby. Yeah, tax. I think in, in California they take half your taxes. Yeah, the highest tax thing. But I mean, he's probably got a company in Japan and all yeah. that. So, well, he said he's like he's like Babe Ruth, eh? Yeah. All right. When Ruth hit fifty-nine home runs in 1929, Bob Musial was second with 24 home runs. So. You always look to see the guy that's the second. Yeah, that's what the stats guy said. The guy, stats guys say, if you want to find out how great a record is, find out who's second. And the bigger the difference, the greater the record. Okay, Bobby Orr won the scoring title in 1970-71 with 139 points. J.C. Trombley was, with 20, was 63. So yeah, he had 76 more points than Trombley. Yeah. That year, he had 37 goals, and Gila Point is next with 15 goals, 22 more goals. All right, now in 74-75, a great guy coaching that year, he won the scoring title with 135 points, um, with Podfan was second with 76, a 59-point difference, 46 goals, and LaPointe second with 28, a difference of 18 goals. I mean, you think of what he'd be worth today. I don't think they'd pay him $700 million, though. No, I don't think they'd, they'd give him part of the club, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They could. I mean, well, you think about it. If, if he was going to. He was supposed to get 18%. Well, that'd probably be close to. I don't know why. I, I never could figure out why Harry didn't phone me and say, you know, we're going to give the guy 18 and I could have. Talk to Bobby. Talk to Bobby every day. But you, you know that one thing. I was listening to some guys talking on the um, radio. Uh, Jeff Blair being one, and he said that the Jays were really going after him. And they said, but you know, they started missing some guys that they could have signed. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. All I know is they didn't get him. And seven hundred. Holy, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. Okay, Dad, we're going to take some more questions, and this one is from Facebook from Greg, and it says, Don, I watched your team in Rochester and remember John Bendarski playing and then listened to him on the radio, and do you have any stories about John? I, I remember, I, I used to, a stick room, it used to be a stick room in the back. I used to go there. I never went in between periods. And I, I was walking out, and I, and I saw this guy, and I'm not mentioning his name. Well, I get, no, I won't mention his name. And I said, hi, how you doing? He says, don't, don't, don't you talk to me. Don't talk to me. He says, you sent that bully out there to get, and I'm thinking his son, his son was playing for Halifax. 
And uh, I'm thinking, geez, I, I, I don't remember sending Bob Kelly. Bob Kelly was the guy that, the guy that, and I'm thinking, and, he, and I'm thinking, who the heck is he talking about? Even a bully, too. Yeah, oh. a bully, too. And he, and he said, that John Bedarsky. John Bedarsky? And he was t- he was accusing me of sending John Bedarsky out to get uh, his son. It w- I mean, it was now I'm mad. Now I'm really mad. I said, I am not going to send uh, Bedarsky after you. I'm going to send Bob Kelly after your son. <laughs> that was the end. He said, "Geez, I better keep quiet here." He's well, saying, I remember an incident with John Bendarsky when uh, it hushed the the crowd in the War Memorial. I remember what, and he got clotheslined. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, right, 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 right in front of the bench. Right. Oh, it was awful yeah. to, to see him. He hit his head in the back of his head. Yeah, he didn't wear a helmet then. Yeah, he? nobody wore a helmet. Very few people. And boy, yeah. oh boy, to see a guy like that go down. Oof. I think I, for I remember that was that. Something happened that the ambulance had left, I think. Yeah. So John Denhammer had to drive him, and John Bedarsky thought he was his mom. No kidding. Eh? <laughs> yeah, he kept saying, Mom, where are we going, and all that. So, yeah, yeah. But he came back, didn't miss many, many no, games. No, he didn't miss many games. I, I kept kidding him all the time. You know, he, he had to miss a couple of games. <laughs> I kept, kept kidding him. But he came back and played. John Bedarsky, he was a tough little guy, boy. Yeah, remember the time, though, you were saying... Um, he played with Rick Pagnuti, who set oh. a lot of records in Rochester. He was, yeah, really good, oh. he was a really good hockey player. He'd and, be in the NHL now. Oh, Rick Pagnuti. He used to, he could shoot that puck right close to his ankles too, eh? And he could really hum it. Really, he was really good, Rick Pagnuti. He'd, he'd be in the National Hockey League. How I ever got him, I'll never know. Anyhow, I remember with the, uh, nah, I got to set this up. Bandarski pinched in. And, and, and Rick Pagnuti never pulled out. He stayed right in with him, and the guy got a breakaway, and he scored the whole deal. And so the next day, we're all standing around, and Rick Pagnuti was really sensitive about this thing. You know, he, he never figured it was his fault or anything like that. And I'll say, you know whose fault that was? That was Rick's fault. Holy, oh, jeez. He almost fainted. <laughs> And then I had to tell him the reason I was the reason I told him he was his, his fault was because he pulled he should have pulled out and then but but a two on one and I'll never forget that and what was the other thing it was one well, John played he played a hundred games in the NHL John yeah he, he was I remember he was in that there brawl that we had in uh, in in Providence and and the two policemen come in. And I'll never forget that as long as I live, two policemen come in. They still had their glasses on. They had their smoke glasses on. They had their helmets on. They had their and they had their gloves on. Holy, I said, holy, Dinah, we've really come into something here. And I think Fogel broke his leg. Ron Fogel broke his leg. It was and, who, who was fighting? Oh, I uh, I think I, that was the time I said to John, the only time I've ever ever. Sent anybody on to fight was John uh, John Wensink, and I said John. I remember I said John, would you like to take a shift out there? He says I think I would, and I knew. And him and Bert Wilson, Bert Wilson, lovely guy from uh, Shelburne, uh, Shelburne, Ontario. Yeah, he was really tough. Yeah, he was a, he was he was really a tough guy. Oh, it goes on and on and on. Anyhow, we had a riot, and it was in the back of the of the paper. 
of uh, New York, and they had a picture of the month or something. And and <laughs> you should have seen the bodies piled up in the I should have saved that. And you should have seen the bodies piled up uh, in, in, in the picture. And with John Madarsky was in the middle of it? And oh, John Madarsky, John Madarsky was right in the middle of it. He fought Dave Schultz, you know. And it survived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Dad, we're uh, watching some games this week. We watched Toronto and Ottawa was a good game. That was uh, Toronto yeah. squeaked it out. I always, I always laugh, eh? like Toronto in Ottawa, it's like a home game for the Leafs. And we were watching Buffalo in, <laughs> uh, in Montreal, in Buffalo, and it was like a home game for Montreal. Well, they, they, they can well, go over and get tickets. You can't get tickets here for the. Uh, you but, don't know who was the home team. There was, especially on the shootout, it was like, <laughs> what, where are we again? Oh, yeah, Buffalo. So do you think do you think the Buffalo players get a little ticked off at that? No, they do. They, they There's no doubt. I remember Harry Neal saying that people who were out in West in Vancouver, they were, they were celebrating, and, you know, every time the Leafs did something. If they like Toronto, they like Toronto so much, why don't they go back there and live? I mean, that was Harry Neal. Very deal. So, Dad, the Sens hired Jack Martin as senior advisor to the coaching staff. So, poor J.D. Smith, he's got more guys looking over his shoulder, Jeez. breathing down his neck. But I, you have an idea who, you know, we're not saying he's going to get fired, but if there's going to be a new coach of Ottawa, you have an idea who it might be. And I think it'll be Jay McKee of Kingston, Ontario. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, you'd like that, Cindy? Good Kingston. Yeah. Kingston, Ontario. Uh, he's coaching the Bulldogs in the OHL, played over 800 games. One of these guys was his defenseman who lived by his wits. That's, you know. You and know, usually those guys make the good coaches, well, right? Like he, you and Al Arbor and, you know. you. The owner of the Steve and, and Steve's out is comfortable with him. Uh, coached in the AHL and the OHL. And he's a pretty good coach. He knows what's going on. Yeah. And unfortunately, you wonder how long. You know, Jack well, Martin. I hope J.D. Smith keeps the job because I was the guy that said he'd be in the National Hockey League, and that's a tough job. Believe me, that I know what he. I know. Well, you were just saying how uh, we were watching uh, the highlights this morning, Sunday morning, in Brindamore. Like they're on a four-game losing streak, and boy, he looked like he aged. <laughs> I tell you, that coaching job—you you think it's easy job? It's not an easy job. There's always somebody waiting to take your job. And and waiting for you to get fired, especially and, when you have assistant coaches around. And well, but I'll tell you one thing: why coaching in the National Hockey League is not as easy as it looks. So, Dad and Cindy, we'd like to thank one of our sponsors, Vintage Tendy Magazine. It's a magazine for goalies by goalie. That's where they get the tendy from. It's uh, great quality. It's got fantastic pictures. Yes, it does. That's one of the highest quality magazines you'll find. Like if you go to like. You go to any magazine rack, you're not going to find it. It's like a coffee date. It's almost like a coffee book type thing. Super high gloss finish, unbelievable pictures. And this issue has Clint Malarchuk on the cover. And there's a bunch of stories. You have one by uh, about uh, Chuchak. And uh, and I talk about Bobby, uh, Bobby Perot. Bobby Perot, yeah. And Never heard of him. So visit VintageTendyMagazine.com or visit their Facebook page, Vintage Tendy. And... Uh, if you're looking for a uh, Christmas gift for somebody who's a big goalie or has a man cave, it's a good idea to get them a subscription. All right. Now, go ahead, Tim. So, Dad, speaking of goalies, we got a question from Brent Poole from Facebook, and he asks, why are there hardly any good Canadian goalies besides maybe Bennington? You know, that's a good question, Tim. And uh, 
I think you're you're the guy that uh, can answer that the best. Uh, well, it's interesting because we looked and I thought, well, who are the top Canadian goalies? So tell me, Cindy, have you heard of these guys? No. <laughs> Aiden Hill, Cam Talbot, Connor Ingram, Tristan Jerry, and Logan Thompson. The American no. goalie? Tell, tell about no, them. So American goalies are Jeremy Swanson from Boston, Thapper Denchko from Vancouver, Joseph Wall from the Leafs, Jake Ottinger from Dallas, and Connor Hellebuck in Winnipeg. Yeah. So there's yeah. a big difference there. Yeah, so is there are different rules for development of goalies? No, here, t- t- Tim, Tim will tell you why. Well, I, well, one of the reasons I think is because so many CHL teams bring in older European goalies. Real? Oh. And American goalies. Because they want to win. Because they want to win. And they draft goalies. They never, very rarely do they draft goalies high. And then the goalies that they do draft, they're never going to make the CHL. So they go down and they play either midget or they play tier two. And if they could play tier two, they want to win. So they're playing older goalies. And the kids just don't get, like, there's like, two or three years of a lost year that they really don't get solid goaltending, you know. And, and they have to work at it. And when they they have to, when they do the practices, they have to work at it. It's, they, don't have, they don't get the games. They don't get the games. And, you know, this is something that Hockey Canada should be worried about. Absolutely. Instead of, you know, what if, should the kids be wearing bathing suits in the yeah. gross showers, which, you know, again, just boggles the mind. And... Um, I think what they should do is that if you, if your import draft is a goalie, you only you can, that's it. You burn your other import. Well, draft. when I was there, they they stopped it. They stopped it for a while, and then I don't know if they got pressure. Oh, I'm they, sure they, the liberals. They, oh, they, 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 they got back. Yes, it's not fair. Not, not fair. fair not to have Europeans in the, yeah. in the. Meanwhile, the Canadian parents spend a ton of dough, you know, developing kids in minor hockey, and then they're oust, ousted by the Europe. But I, but that is a thing is that. You know, you wonder if the goalie, you know, goalie's just too expensive of, of a position, too. Oh, well, I know that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> with, the, with the pads and the sticks and, and all. But, yeah, uh, especially yeah. goaltenders. That that, that's really unfair, and people don't realize that, right? Let's face it. Carey Price was the best last really great Canadian goalie. Yeah. I mean, he carried Montreal to the finals. Yeah. He, he wrecked his career. <laughs> and um, they went from the Stanley Cup Finals, and then he was out. They would end up last place in the league. So it shows you how much they depended on him. But they just, again, that's something Hockey Canada should be worried about. And, and you can't blame the owners for wanting to win. The money that they they oh. uh, invest in these uh, hockey teams, you know, that most of them probably do lose money. So, And yeah. the way they only draw the crowds is if they win. Especially which, getting into the playoffs. For, absolutely. I, wa- I, I watched the junior hockey. I watched Frontenac's play. And, uh, you know, they, they don't pack them in either. No. And I know he loses money every year. And I, I think most of them... Except uh, yeah, there's a few London. In London and those guys make money, but you know that's the thing I laugh when they say, "Oh, Hockey Canada develops the players." Oh, Hockey okay. Canada doesn't develop. It's the it's the owners of the clubs that take the beating uh, every year. They take the beating every year, and they don't get the recognition. And that they, they don't should. get the recognition. In fact, they get criticized, <laughs> right. oh, and they get sued, don't and, they? Yeah, yeah, they get sued. They get criticized. All I know is. The owners, when I look at the crowds, I see the, I see a lot of empty seats, and they are the people that put the guys in the National Hockey League. Okay, Dad, this question is uh, we got from Twitter from LV Hockey, and he wants to know, Don, 
He, they were watching the Sens versus the Panthers, and Brady and Matthew Kachuk were fighting. Did uh, any two brothers uh, that you know were ever fight during a game? Well, I, they didn't fight each other. They were fighting. Yeah, they, they were. I remember the Primos used to even get in the fight. Wayne Primo of Buffalo and Keith uh, Primo of Hartford. Wayne started to scuffle. He fooling around with the goaltender, you know, back and forth. And uh, they both got into it at pretty good. And they were throwing him pretty good. And uh, after the game, and I know this is hard to believe. No, I don't think it was after the game. It was at the end of the Between period. Between periods, they yeah. know. Because imagine they're thinking, geez, yeah. what are mom and dad going to say? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are they going to say now? The two brothers fighting. When I came into the locker room right after the game, I was really, I wrote this down. I was really upset. I called my parents right away. My dad was laughing, actually. He was, he was laughing. And um, well, I, my dad wouldn't been. I was looking for someone to settle me down. And my dad said, well, here's your mom. Talk to her. And he said, go out there and see what you can do to tie the game up. <laughs> A true hockey mom. <laughs> my mom and dad would have been upset. If so you guys would have played against each other. Where would you have been playing uh, against each other? We played against other? each other. And he, he came in, I think Quebec came in and played in. Um, in Quebec, and you were uh, he was with, He was playing in Quebec, and I was playing in Springfield. In Springfield, you yeah. played against each other. Did you ever yeah. hit each other or anything? No, we never went near each other. No, no. Didn't you say the Plager brothers used to? The Plager brothers used to get into it all the time. And... Uh, and the three of them, there was three of them. There was Billy, and there was Bob, and there was... Uh, Barkley. And they used to get into it pretty good. And they used to get into it off the ice, too. But I... And uh, they, they used to throw it pretty good. And when they get into it, they really would get into it. Dan Cindy, Spreads.ca is now North Star Bets. It's still Canadian-owned. It's still one of the best places to play in Canada. They have everything you're looking for, slots, live dealer tables, and sportsbook with built-in sports betting insight and analysis. Listeners who have already have accounts on spreads don't have to do anything. Just sign in to NorthStarBets.com. And they're doing an exclusive offer for our listeners. Um, if you sign up or put a deposit with the promo Cherry, NorthStarBets will match your first bet up to 100 bucks. And you get 100 bonus spins and then another 10 bonus spins on the big wheel. And this offer is limited while quantities last and not available in Ontario. And it's Canadian. And they're Canadian, yep, which is, which is a big thing. And they'll be like to thank them for always helping out with Don Cherry Pet Rescue. They, That's right. They, they do a lot. Okay, this is from Dave Stonely from X, also formerly known as Twitter. Twitter. That's right. And Dad, he wants to know, do you think the sport is getting too expensive for the average family or person? Uh, he says, uh, I know there's a program in some of the major cities, but not in every town. And he believes it has gotten totally out of control. And who knows, the next Bobby York could be playing soccer. Yeah, well, uh, well, he couldn't be playing soccer because the, the only, all you need is shorts and, a, and running shoes. I've, uh, I've maintained this right from the start, uh, even when I was on Coach's, Coach's Corner that you can get used equipment at, at places, and some of them aren't even broken in. And uh, Yeah, that's where I got my last pair of skates. I bought uh, Dell's. All of Dell's skates were always used skates. 
And that was those were goalie skates. Yeah. Always used. I don't think he ever got a pair of new new skates. Because by the time he breaks them in, his feet have grown. Yeah, yeah. So you're breaking your skates in for the next person. So yeah. it just didn't make sense. Well, anyhow, I I would I would buy a used equipment. Eric Lindros bought used equipment. I say used equipment. You sh- you should. G- Go and use equipment. But the yeah. thing is, that's really expensive, though, is the sticks. I mean, a goalie stick, and you well, know, when you get a goalie stick, I mean, it has to. I be I think light. they're coming down a little bit. Mm, uh, not much. No, I was, you know, ten years ago, I was paying three hundred bucks for a three hundred fifty dollars for a for a goalie stick. Yeah. Well, because if they're if they're not light, the kids the kid doesn't like it. I remember John Gardner when he was um, when he was the president of the OHA. He used to pick up two players. And as they were going, he'd have the two players in the car, and they'd be going to the game, and they'd look up, and there'd be a guy waving to them, you know, kind of sad, and waving to them. And he had more talent than both the guys that he had in the car. And the mother couldn't afford. The mother just couldn't afford the kid with the, with the, the most talent. I know. And again, you know, we talked on Hockey Canada. This is something that Hockey Canada should be working on. Yeah. But again, they're more worried about should they be wearing bathing suits in there. And you know, I, like I've told the well, story. Well, you know why that is, you know. Yeah, but that's they shouldn't be wor- like, like. Okay, you want to be worried about that, that, that. But they have over the years. They should be worried about how expensive the game is going, and they well, could they could make rules. And even like Wayne Gretzky, he's he's trying now. He has three sticks for ninety nine dollars, because I remember one time I was talking to a guy who's um, was a father, played for the the Toronto Marlies in the GTHL. And this was maybe probably 10 years ago, and his his son broke a stick. The father banged his head against the glass. <laughs> and I said, how much does that cost you? And there was maybe two weeks left in the season, and they were going to go in the playoffs. He said, I spent five grand on sticks already. Well, here's, an, for instance, I mean, we spent a lot of money on hockey, on goalie sticks and all this. And, you know, when the when the go, when the the players are about to come out of the penalty box and the goalie, you know, bangs his stick on the on the glass, on the ice, right? And my, and Dell, he just keep wailing away on that stick, you know, bang, bang. And I said to him after the game, so help me, if you crack that stick, <laughs> banging that, it on the ice, you're going to use your backup stick for the rest of the season so oh you know he wouldn't want that so every time he goes to bang it he'd look up at the crowd he's only like six or seven years old he'd look up at the crowd and i'd shake my <laughs> finger and he'd, he'd lightly tap it so there's a perfect instance i mean you, well, you, it, it's tough the sticks are t- they're very expensive well you can't do much about it you got to go and and have your son not break too many sticks Okay, Dad, here's a question uh, that came from Facebook from Aaron Andres, Andres, and I hope I pronounced that name right. And he wants to know, Dad, why did we quit making Rock'em Sock'em videos? And uh, well, he asked the question because his kids uh, loved watching the DVDs and uh, when they were traveling in, in, the, in the car to the games and everything. So what, what happened there? Tim, you're, I, I've wondered that myself. No, why? 30 was a good round number to end. I mean, it was... You know, the, it was getting more expensive with the footage and everybody wanted rights. And that, that's that's the thing that happened was everybody wanted a piece of the pie, right? Oh, like yeah. the NHL owned the rights. And they were NHL was really good to us towards the last, uh, last you know, four years. But CBC owned the footage and then Sportsnet said, no, they own the footage. And then you had to work it out with them. And it was just, yeah. 
It, at the beginning, nobody cared about footage. Yeah, that's when, right. Nobody 30, cared. 30 years ago, they were giving it away. Nobody cared about it. And by the end, it was like, you who know. Who owns the rights? Who is owns that, the rights? Is was that the, it? Was yeah. The, was the big so thing. 30 was a good uh, time to quit. Is that, that what you're saying? Yeah, that was it. I mean, that was a good time. We were still selling quite a bit. We were the, and still hold the record for the best-selling non-theatrical Canadian release by okay. far. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, we just thought. You don't want to end at 31. That's kind of weird, yeah. right? Yeah, 30, 30 was a good time to stop. One day we'll talk. You know, you know, Tim, we should talk about the history and how we got started there. And what was that show you did? Well, we, it started with a, what was Sportsnet Connecticut. We did a show called This Week in Hockey. Oh yeah, way back. And we had we had the little dogs. Yeah, the little dog. It was it was crazy how much work that was. We didn't get any money for it. <laughs> it was a good uh, good. But it was uh, before lesson. its time. It really was to show oh, the yeah. highlights. It was. There yeah. was nothing then. No, the no. way they analyze the game to death now. We get in before everybody. Yeah. One day we'll do the history of Rock'em Sock'em, and uh, it should be very interesting. <laughs> 